I'm Gary Shotton. I'm here as a part of Inspiring Business, and I'm going to talk about a plan for IBB Talks as it unfolds, period. Well, some people head out in something like this nonprofit called Inspiring Better Business, IBB Talks, and you would think, wait, well, write down this master plan, and we're going to follow phase one, phase two, phase three, phase, phase four, four, and we end up in our ultimate objective. But frankly, that's not how I function or how I function with this. I have felt God lead us in a particular direction. And when we're faithful with that particular step and we take that step, then he unfolds and gives us more information. And it starts to become clearer and clearer as we move down the things we're already faithful in. So the first things that we were, I felt important was to create content. That would be the lessons, the eight minute long, eight to ten minute lessons called inspiring IBB talks, the talks fashioned after TED talks. And we have about 350, 360 uh, talks on our website and continually adding to that. At first, the, the first ones, I knew no one was listening and somebody advised me and said, just keep teaching, build content, put them on on uh, on your website and keep going no matter if no one's listening or not. That took some faith. Then we rolled into the reality that just the talks are not good enough. Uh, we have to have something more substance than that. And that revolved into what we call peer mentoring groups. And we have now about 15 mentors that are from the developing nations, from the Tulsa metro area, from the U.S., reaching in and, and talking to the peer mentoring groups in foreign countries. Oh, that's a great step because now we're not just putting material out. We're there talking with them weekly, give them instructions and helping them uh, through questions and answers and, and talking points. That was revealed. That wasn't clear when we started. Now we're at another point. We've come to the conclusion that the they, we need more. We need more like a curriculum, something that is more definitive, more uh, uh, more clear. Here's the steps you would take to uh, reduce poverty. That's what we're really attempting to do. We had a talk about uh, eradicating poverty, but I don't think that's going to happen because there's always people that's going to be in poverty, and actually the scripture talks about the poor will always be with you. But we can reduce it and we can reduce it in individuals' lives. And if we do reduce the poverty in a person's life and they get on their feet, then we start reducing that in a community. And in a community, maybe in a state and in a nation, and we can actually make an impact and change a nation. That's what we're after. So as we had a wonderful connection in the country of Tanzania, Mr. Ilea, and he is uh, reaching into the schools and colleges, and they're very interested in this material that we have. And we started talking about a curriculum. Well, at first, we're thinking along the line of this would be a class at the college and a class at the university. And then how would this be? And it came clear that this is not going to be a typical academia-type class where you have a big textbook and you have a professor that's knowledgeable about this and they're they're teaching this material and you have tests and you fill in the tests. Frankly, that hasn't worked for entrepreneurship. I've never known of it work for entrepreneurship. The college course typically is for helping people get a job in a large company or get a, a skill sets so they can get a welding job or a skill set so they can work at the bank. You know, that's what colleges and tech schools are about. We're a little bit different than that. 
We're not teaching the one, two, threes. We're really conveying the idea it's more caught than taught. Once you grasp the idea of being an entrepreneur and identify yourself as an entrepreneur, then we're here to help you in that. But how would we build a curriculum? We're into that. We're, this could change totally in three weeks. Well, it's going to be fun to look back. But at this moment, we've determined that rather than have a full-fledged course, let's say for the university or high school, we'll continue on with our peer mentoring groups, but at the college and the university. That causes the students to choose to select to be a part of this and put some effort on their part to join, to be there, to be involved, and to be uh, 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 committed. You see, it's one thing for us to commit to help them, but if they're not committed to receive back, are we actually benefiting? And we're also going to make the curriculum what we call extremely, uh, the concept is less is more. This is just going to be a very, very slim skeleton, a very slim structure with very little need for uh, just a page of, of not books full of translation because it's going to go from English to Swahili, English to French, English to other languages. So we're not going to be bogged down with huge volumes of, of translations and textbooks and tests, but we're going to convey a key point and then we're going to use what we've already recorded, the speakers, the lessons from across the world that will be first-hand knowledge on the subject. Now, please don't take this wrong, but many university professors are not even close to understanding what they're talking about in the world of today's business. Today's business is evolving on a regular basis, and especially in a, a capital society like the world is becoming, a professor that's just learned it from the book has never experienced that. It's not their fault. It's just a fact. Fact. And so we believe with the structure, this skeleton, this, this, uh, um, uh, the concepts of the base laws of entrepreneurship will, by, will be available then to the students that have already made some commitments. They're listening to the materials. They're involved in a group. And then we're going to make this a referral of an outline so that then it refers to people like Judith the Jeweler from Kampala, and her lesson that's already been recorded is a, some lessons that are wonderful about quality, wonderful about customer service, wonderful about don't quit. Our, our friend uh, Alfred Matua, the auto mechanic, wonderful lessons already recorded, and we're going to pull those and maybe explain a little bit as you're watching them, but we're going to let the students hear from real people, some of them in their own culture, and, and then we're going to be able to have those translated so everyone's hearing these in their own language or reading them in their own language. And down the line, we'll just keep developing this, developing this, and creating a structure so that we'll start probably at the beginning by realizing that not everyone's called to employ people. You see, a business is a business. Some employ people, and some of them are just self-employed people, especially in developing nations. Ideally, an entrepreneur would first have a job, and then while they're having the job, they'd start their business on the side, uh, call it the sixth day on Saturday or in the evenings, and let that job uh, be diminished in a way that their own business startup has replaced their current job. 
But if you're in a country where there are no jobs or very poor jobs, you might still get a little sustaining income, but will encourage people to start what we'd call their first necessity business, the first business out of, of use what's in your hand and start growing step by step and get some kind of stability in your personal finances. And from that, there's only a few people that are actually going to go on, in my opinion, that are called to employ people. That's where we're headed, though. That's where we want, because not everyone's an entrepreneur. Actually, it's a small percentage. Some people are called to be at managers. They're called in gift of God, God to what we call the gift of administration, as described uh, through Joseph the, in the Bible. He was an administrator of Potiphar's household. He was an administrator of the dungeon, and that qualified him to administer the entire wealth of the world under Pharaoh. Then other people are called to be technicians, as described when God asked people to build the temple of God. And he said, go out and find those people that are skilled in, in tapestries so they can sew the curtains. Those are skilled in, in working with lumbers and those that are skilled in metal so they could coat the lumbers with gold and silver. Those are technical skills. Not everyone's called to be an entrepreneur. So unless the entrepreneur steps up, though, the gift of administration and the gift of, of, of technical skills is not, doesn't have any place to work. So that's our plan. It could change. We believe it's going to change, but it's going to develop. And we believe that we can go to a point that we're going to step by step go into a school, just offer most schools around the world, allow private clubs, uh, the entrepreneurial club. The, the, in the United States, they can have a leadership club. I mean, the schools in general want that. They're not curriculum-based. They're, they're group-based, and that's a perfect match for peer mentoring groups. Well, that's where we're at right now on uh, March 28th, Saturday, March 28th, 2002, uh, 2020. I'm sorry. Looking back, it'll be interesting to see our next step. Thanks for being a part of this. The intention of this is to help our group really understand where we're headed as well as those around us. Thank you very much.